Hello, passengers, and welcome to episode 50, the big 5-0 of the Game Train podcast. This one is the big one. We're going to be reviewing the wonderful Red Dead Redemption 2. We'll have lots more other things in there to talk about. News is actually... Uh, pretty big at the moment, which is exciting. We have our Full Art Award coming. But before I do that, I'd like to introduce myself, Carl Smith, and my co-host right here, Callan Davison. Oh, hello, and well, welcome back to Game Train, man, after you took a rest, I guess, from PAX. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's, uh... Yeah. Thanks for doing that uh, last time with uh, Lelante. Is that how to pronounce it? Did we ever find yeah, out? Yeah, or Mrs. L. Just, just call her Mrs. L. Mrs. L. Thank you for coming in there in my stead. All that aside, guys, let's jump right in. It's going to be a big one. This is the news. Okay, uh, so YouTube is now available on the Switch, which is pretty awesome. I didn't see any, like, lead-ups or advertisement for it. I just woke up this morning and the internet was like, guess what? YouTube's on the Switch. I'm like, cool, where's my Netflix? But thank you still. Nice. Uh, Nintendo has had another Smash Brothers Direct. That's right. So I think they've had now three of these. Nintendo love just to give everything away on a game, don't they? But they did announce three new characters to the Smash Brothers huge lineup. So we have Ken from Street Fighter, who is like Ryu's uh, Echo Fighter, they call it. Mm-hmm. We have Incineroar, who is like a wrestling Pokemon or wrestling cat fire Pokemon thing. And also... To everyone's delight, Piranha Plant. Actually, not really, because people got very angry that Piranha Plant was announced. I didn't. I thought he was kind of cool. He looks pretty... Isn't he the first of the DLC ones? He's coming in January, so to get Piranha Plant, you have to register your game with Nintendo, Ah. and then you get Piranha Plant in January. But on top of that, five DLC fighters are in development, and they'll be coming over the next 18 months, so... Fingers crossed for those Waligi fans out there. Yes. Did I say that right? Yeah. Uh, that's we we get him in the game eventually because people were furious when Piranha Plant was announced and he wasn't. <laughs> uh, I hope the um, the rumors of Banjo Kazooie come to life. That'd be cool. Uh, another rumor was Sora from Kingdom Hearts as well. Oh wow! Mm. That'd be interesting. Whew. Uh, okay, let's see what... Uh, oh, Destiny 2 on PC is completely free until November 19 to celebrate one year on Blizzard's Battle.net. So, um, you know, if you're curious and you've never tried Destiny 2 on the PC, jump on and see what that's like. People who already have it uh, get an exclusive emblem in December. So, not quite a free game, but enjoy that. The Australian Video Game Awards is coming. That's right. Australia is getting their own Video Game Awards. Woo-hoo. Tickets are $199 and will be held in Sydney in December. Uh, oh. I guess, yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of strange. Like, each, that each country is almost bringing out their own Video Game Awards now. Yeah, it's like, does that, like... But it's of- not just for Australian games because they're going to have a Game of the Year where something like a Red Dead or a God of War could win. They've got, like, um, Journalist of the Year, and I think that's for, like, Australian journalists or publications. I guess that's Australian publications, etc. Oh, okay. I guess that's yeah, something. So yeah. it's more so, like a uh, gaming industry awards a bit. Yeah, I'm not really sure, but I, I find it baffling that tickets are $200. Yeah, yep, correct. 
That's uh, that's very interesting. Okay, Resident Evil 4 is coming to Switch. That's pretty cool, considering it's a lot of people's favorite game of all time. Speaking of Switch, World of Final Fantasy and Grim Fandango are both out now on Switch. So for those WAF fans out there like myself, go pick up World of Final Fantasy. And Grim Fandango, Carl, I assume you'll be getting that? Yeah, I think I might give it another run through. Why not? <laughs> Grim Fandango, man. That is incredible. On the go. Uh, but also, it is worth mentioning that it's World of Final Fantasy Maxima. So oh, that's right. They've added some more uh, monsters that you can collect in the game. Yeah, and, and people like Noxus and stuff. Yes. Okay. Uh, on what is today? Well, okay. On the 11th of November, which is Sunday at 8 a.m. AEDT. Australian Eastern Daylight Time for those playing at home. Ah, that's the one. Uh, Xbox will host a special two-hour episode of Inside Xbox as part of XO18. So jump on and check that out. It could be very interesting. They said they're going to have news on Crackdown 3, Minecraft, Sea of Thieves, State of Decay 2, Forza Horizon 4, and plenty of surprises, apparently. So we'll see what those are when it happens. So pretty much Xbox is putting on their own PSX-style event. Yeah, I think it's like a little cross between PSX and maybe like an Xbox Direct. Because I don't know how big it's going to be. Well, I think it's a mini expo over there in the States. Or is it Mexico they're holding it in? I do not know. Okay, sorry about that. The PlayStation Classic has got its full game list. Are you ready for this? All 20 games. One after another. Let's go. Battle Arena Toshiden. Yay. Cool Borders 2. Yay. Destruction Derby. Not yay. Final Fantasy 7. Not yay. Grand Theft Auto. Yay. Intelligent Cube. No. Jumping Flash. No. Metal Gear Solid. Yay. Mr. Driller. No. Oddworld Abe's Odyssey. Yay. Rayman. No. Resident Evil Director's Cut. Yay. Revelations Persona. Yay. Ridge Racer Type 4. No. Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo. No. Siphon Filter. Medium. Tekken 3. Yay. Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six. Maybe. Twisted Metal. Yay. And Wild Arms. Maybe. I also saw the PlayStation Classic at PAX, the actual tiny PlayStation ah. thing. It's quite small. Nice. Like, probably about the same size as your SNES Mini. Well, I guess that's what we assumed. Yes. That's, that's good. Nice. They should have made it the exact same size as the original one, just to be different. Because I don't <laughs> think... they didn't Just to annoy people. Yeah, they didn't call it a Mini. They just called it PlayStation Classic, right? That's right. It wasn't really PlayStation Classic Mini, so they should have just went, what? Why'd you guys expect a small one? That was a giant hand in the photo. Uh, Anyway, uh, also there was BlizzCon that happened since our last episode, and there was a bunch of announcements there. The first one is Diablo Immortal, which is an MMORPG on mobile. Didn't go down so well. No, it did not. But (laughs) what did go down well was Warcraft 3 Reforged. That's right, it, Warcraft 3, the classic RTS, is getting a HD remake. It's not fully made from the ground up, but they are changing a lot of things, like just the graphics and all that. They've made a lot better. It looks really, really cool. I'm kind of excited for this now. Yeah, I thought you might be. Uh, also, they announced a new Overwatch character, Ash, who's um, part of What's-His-Face, Shooty Bang Bang. I haven't played enough Overwatch, really. John Marsden. No, no, it's Arthur Morgan, you idiot. M- McCree. Oh, that's the one, McCree. Uh, I think that was very good timing, announcing all that right around the Red Dead stuff, because McCree's short video also came out on YouTube, which is really cool. So yeah, Ash looks fun. She looks like she's got, what, maybe, is that a shotgun? 
she's using. Yeah, she's going to be another DPS character, which they haven't had for a while because a lot of been support characters that they've been releasing. Yeah, and I'm so excited about this because they're they're the characters that kind of interest me as someone that just jumps in maybe two or three times a year. Um, and she's got like a robot that runs around and helps her out. Bob, who I assume is going to be her special or ultimate. Yep. Something like that. But yeah, looks very exciting. Uh, Diablo 3 is now out on Switch. So this is called Diablo Eternal. It comes with Diablo 3 and the expansion pack as well. Yes. Plus there are some unique Nintendo items in the game, like Ganondorf's armor. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think this would be a really, really cool way to play it, especially if you haven't played it yet. So I am... And that sort of adds to the fact that it's $89. So it's like 90 bucks still. Yes. Which um, which I highly recommend still if you haven't played it. If you already have, it's a bit tricky. There is a lot of content there now. Yeah, it's a really, really cool game. And I think it runs quite well on the Switch. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. I might jump into that one once I'm done with Red Dead and Tetris. More on that later. Uh, also, there are Overwatch Lego sets, which uh, I think start coming out on January 1st, 2019. And they look awesome. I think I might actually get some for my room. It looks pretty fun. But yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that was the news. Which brings us right to our world-famous Fool Art Award. This is becoming bigger than the Oscars, I feel. Yeah, definitely. Ladies and gentlemen, take your seats and let the show begin. Hello and welcome to another Full Art Award. This is where we talk about PS Plus versus Games with Gold on Xbox and sometimes Nintendo. Not this time though. So we have a very interesting one this month. So let's start with uh, PlayStation 4. There's leaked almost a month ago, but still it was very cool. And for once ever, 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 the leak was correct. And they have Bulletstorm, the full clip edition. That's right. The one with uh, Duke Nukem as a playable character. Um, I've heard really cool things about Bulletstorm, and I've never played it before, so I think I'm going to jump on that. It sounds really fun, okay? like very arcadey and silly. I think it'll be fun to just jump in, especially for free. Also, they have Yakuza Kiwami, which is, is that the remake? That's of the, the remake, which came out last year. Yeah, and I think, I mean, that's really cool for free, especially with Yakuza 6 out and being a fantastic game. So I think that's a really cool couple of games on their ps3 they have jackbox party pack 2 mm-hmm, and arkedo series okay which i gotta be honest i totally didn't even look up wow do you know what that is at all never heard of it cool well that's playstation 4 uh games with gold do you want to run these ones uh mate this is just your segment man you just take off with it <laughs> all right well they have battlefield 1 which is genius. It's just in time before Battlefield 5 comes out and gets everyone in the mood. And that game was excellent. The multiplayer was awesome. The single player also was really cool with all their little vignettes. It's almost like a little reminder to COD at like, hey, remember how cool this could be? So that's really cool. Also, they have a game called Race the Sun, which I have never heard of, but it looks like a kind of racing thumper slash journey or flower type thing. And you're like, literally racing the sun you're trying to catch the sun in the horizon and when it becomes dark it's game over so you're just going as fast as you can you're in some kind of strange flying machine it's very arty looking looks okay but i was also impressed with their xbox 360 stuff which is assassin's creed the very first one Ooh. which is oh yeah brilliant addition yeah so you could check that out especially like right after assassin's creed odyssey 
And I think a lot of people would be curious. I don't think it would hold up very well, though. No, but but isn't it cool to be able to jump in for free and just be like, so where did this all start? True. Um, and also they have Dante's Inferno, which was like a pretty epic cult classic on the 360. Mm-hmm. And I never got a chance to play it. But I hear it was their answer to like God of War on the PlayStation 3 at the time. And that it was like really cool. But... It's pretty full on. There's a lot of like all the levels of hell. They do all that, you know, the nine stages and all the sins and gluttony and all the levels are like based on those. And each of them are quite vastly different. Looks really cool. There's a lot of boobs and penises. So be careful. But yeah, so that's the that's the two offerings for the free stuff on PlayStation and Xbox. Who do you think takes it, Giggity, this episode, Callan? I think PlayStation with uh, Yakuza Kiwami. Wow, really? Oh, see, I'm going to have to give it to Xbox just because Battlefield 1 is an amazing game and then Dante's Inferno is just one that I'm oh, quite curious about. Gosh, you're right. You are right. And then there's the Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I mean... Can I change my vote? It is close. You can change your vote. Okay, I'll go for uh, Xbox just because Battlefield 1 was an awesome game and also uh, Assassin's Creed was a classic. Yeah, and that'll be just cool to have on there. I, I just want to like at least assassinate one or two people just to feel what it was like and be like, this is awesome for its time, or this is so rubbish. Yep. But yeah, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The winner of the Full Art Award this episode is Xbox Games with Gold. All right, let's get into the nitty-gritty. The good stuff, the fun stuff, the games we have been playing. Let's just start with the little ones, like Soul Calibur 6. Soul Calibur 6, yeah, we tried this out the uh, other night. Ooh, I'd never played a Soul Calibur game before. Oh, you haven't? That's right. No, I guess it, it took me come quite to... a while to get used to it as well. I wasn't understanding what we were doing. We just legit jumped in and started fighting each other on the game to see what would happen. As you do. It was very much like our Dragon Ball Z fighting (laughs) experience, where things were just, like, exploding on screen, and there was, like, animations and powers, and we're like, what did I press? I think the most interesting thing to come out of it for me was the uh, character creators have got in there, and seeing some of the crazy designs that people out there have put together. So it's quite a robust character design system they have in there. So you take abilities and moves from already set characters in the game, but then you design a new look character that you put these abilities on. So people have put characters like Cloud from Final Fantasy, Goku from Dragon Ball. I was very impressed with Siri. Siri, yeah. Especially when they used, um, because of, we should also mention that uh, Geralt from The Witcher is in this, like properly, not not an edited version. And he has his own set of moves with, you know, all his magic from the game, which is like Ard, and I don't remember any others except Ard. Igni. Sword slashing. Yeah. Well, I thought that was really cool when the person made Siri and used Geralt's moveset, because it really worked, and it was almost like she was another character. I was like, oh, well done. <laughs> um, and 2B from Nia Automata is coming soon. No real date, but yes, they're going to add her in there. I'm very excited. Well, there's already user-created 2Bs out there if you want to go play as her, so... That's true, but they, they don't look as awesome as the actual one, so I'm very excited. That'll be cool. Before we move on, I don't know if I said, but button mashy all aside, I actually had a lot of fun with it. It was nice and fast. Yeah. It wasn't sort of like... You know, I, I kind of expected a bit more of like a, a Tekken speed. That, that slower sort of gradual game. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but it was like really quick for like big 3D characters with big, massive 
3D weapons. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was good. One thing, though, we were playing it online and there was some lag which sort of interfered oh, yeah. with it. Which made yeah, it a yeah, little... Wasn't the smoothest experience. And for a fighting game, and like we did speak about with FIFA the other week, with these sorts of games, you want precision in what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm hoping with Smash Brothers coming out on Nintendo next month that their online holds up and otherwise it could be an absolute disaster. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. What else were we doing? Well, we both jumped on the Fallout 76 beta, so that was kind of exciting. That was. It, they've had several beta days, I guess. Um, awkward times for us Australians. They're normally very early in the morning. Yes. Or in the morning. We've had no evening sessions here, so to, to jump on, it's been a bit of a struggle at times. But we did jump in and have a look. You make a character just like in Fallout 4. Yeah. You leave the vault just like in Fallout 4. It is very Fallout 4. If you've played Fallout 4 and you play this, you'll be like, oh, this is the same game really much. It feels like a just an expansion in West Virginia. But the, yes. the kicker is that you're playing with other people. I went out and I found Kyle out in the in the wilderness out there. I'm like, oh, it's Kyle. It's, it's Callan. We're like jumping around each other. Yeah. <laughs> It was, it was you know, kind of like a normal day. Sort of like a normal uh, day. But it was really cool. We did a bunch of missions together. There's a there's a lot more um, survival elements than I wanted slash expected. So that was a little bit interesting. You know, you got to feed yourself and drink water kind of often. I um, found the story a little hard to follow as well because it's all on audio tapes. There's no NPCs talking to you or anything like that. You get all your missions from reading on computers or collecting audio tapes, and then you listen to these audio tapes, and sometimes you're like, I don't really want to listen to an audio tape, I just want to yeah, go it's hard to things. connect. Yeah. Yeah, and the humans were like some of the most coolest parts of the old Fallout games, like the quirky, weird characters and all the messed up stuff that's happened to them, or, you know, like, it was always fun to meet those the, characters. Yeah, instead it's all put through audio tapes, and then, of course, there are other players out there, and you'll be running along with your friend in this wasteland, and like... Jumping Jim will come bouncing past you guys. You're like, okay, that's that's nice. But you can see where every player is in the wasteland on the map. And I find this really bizarre because Bethesda came out and said, we want it to be a unique experience when you come across another wanderer out in the, in the wasteland. It's not a surprise when you stumble upon someone because you can see them on your map. Yeah, that's true. And you can go like, oh, there's lots of people there. I'll go there. Or there's not that many here. I'll go have a bit of a quiet time here. Yeah, so, and I'm, I mean, I'm not surprised, but I'm saddened and disappointed and slightly angry that it is still like a 15-year-old engine. So, uh, yeah, that hurts a bit, but, you know. We're only at level, like, six, so, you know, I think there's 50 levels, so we've got a lot to go in the game. So, you know, next time, I think we're doing a review on it, on on Game Train, when the game eventually releases, which is out on the 14th of November. Yeah, so... Definitely more on that next episode. Yeah. Uh, and quickly before we move on, I also just tried Tetris Effect, which is out today as we're recording it. Yesterday, when you're listening to it, but it's out now, and I've been hyped for it for a long time. I actually started playing it at midnight. Callan is giving me the finger because he didn't go so well. I I love this game. I jumped in and tried a whole bunch of the um the modes. It was really amazing. They've done some really cool stuff with music in this. It is from the uh, the guys that made Lumens or Luminous. I don't know how you say it, uh, but they've always been really cool with their music integration in these games. And with Tetris, I wasn't sure what was music and what was sound effects. And like it, it all happens at the same time as you're playing really like 
the mesmerizing kind of thing. And then at one stage, I, I just wanted to try it and I turned off the music and left on the sound effects. And it was almost as if I hadn't turned off the music because so much of what's happening in the music is actually you playing. Every time you move left and right or every time you like clear a line or slam the blocks down and make a pattern, it does a different note and music style. And in each mode, it's a different genre of music. It's fantastic. I had so much fun. But then actually playing the Tetris part, I uh, messaged Callan and I was like, wow, this is really great. I'm, I've got a B, but I'm still trying to get an A on the master mode. Oh, yeah. Yep. No, I just got it. Cool. 100,000 points. How are you going? And how did you go? I got 200 points. <laughs> you got 200. And he's like, what are you on? What drugs are you on? I give up. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm playing master mode. I'm like, oh, it shouldn't be that hard. This is coming from the wow. guy. You, you've played like, what, 100, 200 hours of Tetris? Probably more. Maybe more. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, you know, jump in. And I'm like, oh, yeah, see oh my God, what is this game? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, in master mode, it's like on Tetris, you guys listening probably know it's just a bunch of blocks slowly falling down. You arrange them in the, you know, and clear the lines. In master mode, you don't even see them falling. No. They're just on the ground suddenly. One after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other. It's just like slam, 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 slam. Ridiculous. <laughs> I could just picture, I wish I could have watched you, Callan. That's really cool. Your homework is to get at least a thousand points. Oh, I can get a thousand points, I reckon. Probably not much more than that. Not without playing hours of Tetris and just getting so used to it. Well, I mean, if you at least tried the normal mode first, instead of... <laughs> Callan's just gone in and it's the same as before he gets his driver license, he's like, I'm just going to see what this space shuttle feels like and see if I can get to Mars. <laughs> oh, that's that's really hard. I don't want to drive anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that's the games we've been playing mostly besides the big one, which brings us to said big one. Ladies and gentlemen, the feature game for our 50th episode, the one, the only, Red Dead Redemption 2. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a robbery. Sons of Dutch. Makes us brothers. Sometimes, brothers make mistakes. You will never change. I know that. All right. Well, I mean, if you're listening to this, you're interested in video games, so chances are you know what this is. Developed and published by Rockstar. Big open world Rockstar Western game, Red Dead Redemption 2. How did you go? How did you feel? Was it everything you wanted it to be, Callan? Well, should I start with the ending first? You should, yeah. Let's work our way backwards (laughs) to... Anyone and everything that died, and and yeah, go from there. Uh, just kidding, guys. There will be no spoilers here. Don't get scared. You don't have to run away. Uh, this is going to be a spoiler-free review. Feel safe. Uh, and if we mistakenly say any spoilers, I will have edited them out by the time you listen to this. We should touch on the, the actual premise that it is set before Red Dead 1. It's a prequel. Yeah. Uh, which follows the story of the uh, of Dutch's gang, the Vandalin gang. Yes. Which is about oh, eight or nine main characters. You're all outlaws and bandits. And pretty much the law is chasing you across America, pretty much. Like, it, it, this is the end of the outlaw Wild West shoot 'em up days. Like, society is starting to become a lot more civilized. Governments are being introduced. Yep, lawlessness is disappearing. All these sorts of things have happened in, in the world. And these guys are still trying to hang on to that outlaw feeling of freedom. Yeah. Right, so yeah, Red Dead Redemption 2. Wow, it's big. 
Let's start with that. It is very big. It is big and it is gorgeous. Look, in terms of open world design and the design of this world that they've created around this fictional, uh, you know, Middle West America, you know, where all the cowboys hung out and stuff back in the day. So it feels like the game sort of um, stretches from Texas through to somewhere like Louisiana, down that end, New Orleans area. It's, It's a big, big area. And it's just beautifully crafted. It looks incredible. Like, oh man, it's so hard to put into words at the same time, like talking about this without actually experiencing it for yourself. Yeah. Even screenshots don't do it the justice that it is when you're there. The details are put into the environments is just ridiculous. Just from like, you can just see that they've gone through each little area of this and handcrafted it to, you know, perfection pretty much. Even from things where where the sun comes up and where that light reflects through the trees in the morning. And then there's like a morning mist coming up from the the lake that you camped at. Then you hear the birds in the trees. And then you said that each individual bird has its own unique sound. So if you're cluey enough, you can figure out which birds are around you in the game. Yeah. The animal and bird sounds aren't just the background. It's like the sounds of the animals and birds that are around where you are. And you can hear them on left or right speakers and if, if it's slightly more to the left, that anim- chances are it's over there and you can go and actually find whichever bird is making that noise. It's like, and, and I love how the, um, the mist and, you know, the fog and stuff, how it diffuses the light in this and how it sort of bleeds through. There's this the fantastic, like it does the same in dust. The weather system in this game is like nothing I've ever seen ever. I never thought I'd say it's about a video game, but the dust was so impressive. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, there's there's a town called Rhodes, which is a very dusty town. It's got that red dust that you would sort of associate with a lot of Western style movies, etc. You walk through there and the wind picks up and this red dust sort of goes through the air. But it just looks so realistic that the way they've done it. It just feels so natural that you realize, hang on, in all these other open world games that I played, there's no dust and things floating through. It's all very clear around you. Yeah, and just well, dry. And it made you think, oh, wow, this is like the next level of open world games where they start adding in these particle effects, like dust in these areas. And and you just Fog mentioned the weather. Seeing a storm cloud roll over the horizon and move with the storm and the rain coming with it is just incredible yeah you can see the rain in the distance and it's still like dry where you are and blue skies but you're like oh wait there's rain falling over there and it looks like it really does when you actually see it in the distance in real life Mm -hmm. it's nuts it's then i mean so that's the world we could go on about that for ages i think every aspect of this game that we might talk about we could go on forever so we're gonna have to try and be really careful this is gonna be a three-hour episode like the snow and the mud and how it reacts to where you step and where you fall. So it was like they're, they're playing a bit of show-off. You feel like Rockstar played a lot of show-off in this game. Yeah. They put you in areas and they go, now you're in the snow at the start of the game. So you're not seeing any of the pretty things. Yeah. But you're moving through the snow. You're leaving tracks. You're like, you know, need to, you know, waist deep walking through the snow, <clears throat> etc. And then the, then it's nighttime. You've, you're holding a lantern. So you're seeing the nice HDR lighting effects going on there. Yeah. So you're doing these snow missions. The snow's gorgeous. Eventually, two hours in, they let you out into the wilderness and you finally get out into those big open vistas and you see the world in front of you and you feel you're just showing off again, guys. Then it'll be like a cutscene of all you guys like riding along 
and it'd be like all these sweeping shots. And you're like, just stop showing off, guys. And it's like, it's for the entire game. They just kept doing it. Yes. It follows really eight to nine main characters. Yeah, and when you first start it, it's like, overwhelming how many because it's the main characters and then it's their like partners and the women that are also helping and there's just there's a lot of people in your camp in your group and you're like wow that's so many people but you really do get to know each and every one of them they're all like very unique they have their own personalities you learn their names you learn their relationship with you the main character arthur morgan and their relationship with others and each other like it's fantastically written and just wonderfully paced storytelling uh, you just kind of find out as much as you need when you need and it's all, there's like an element of like you get to choose how much of it you can learn at once but also that even if you're smashing through it they don't throw it all at you at once they they just like trickle through the personalities and the people in a way that makes you just really comfortable and familiar with everyone i was so impressed with that because at the start i'm like oh man that's a lot of people that i'm have to worry about because i was very happy with the first Red Dead Redemption where you're kind of just worried about you. It's all about one person. You're getting through the game. It is. The, the first Red Dead, and this is probably the biggest sort of change between them, is that the whole focus of Red Dead 1 was on John Marston. Yeah. It was his story. It was all about him and what happens through the game. This feels like the whole story is about this gang. And this whole, each character in this gang has a arcing storyline throughout the game. You see their character change or be exposed for who they are yeah you know throughout the game and i thought that was a great idea which sucks you into the world even more because again john marsden's in this game and you find out even more about john in this game so it adds another layer to his character again it's like they took everything they possibly left out in the first one that they could have used and more i don't know how they did this like it's it's so hard to see how these writers came up with a lot of this stuff without having already written it before part one and of course, I think the one that seals like the light in this game is is Dutch, the leader oh, of Dutch the game. Dutch is fantastic. His character and the performance of that character was amazing. He, that is just, it was so like every scene with Dutch, I'd just sit there and watch intently, sort of thing. What's going to happen? You know, he, his performance I've, I've really sucks you in. <laughs> I've got a plan. Dutch, I've got a plan, Vanderlind, as uh, my brother Chad calls it. Because we we know where Dutch ends up in part one at the end of the game, but it was interesting to see where his character went from, you know, everyone in this gang following him to where he would eventually end up in part one. And it was just... Yeah, him and his, like, heyday. And because, you, yeah, it makes you wonder, like, what what was so great about this guy? And why did he have a whole gang? And when you, you play it and see... Yeah, why did everyone follow this man, you know? And then you, you find out why, and like, his charming, charismatic personality, you know, the way he was sort of always trying to think ahead and... All this yeah, stuff. and he's so his performance is so believable. Yeah, how he feels and how he reacts is like you. You know, whether you agree with him or not, it's just like wow. I see. I I believe that you believe this. Like that you wanted it this way. Like nothing feels forced or pushed. It's just it's it's some world class writing. It is some great um, writing, and I think it's a great story. And the acting also helps sells it. But another thing that helps sell the story is actually in all these cutscenes, is the cinematography that they use. Oh, yeah. Like, I think this is Rockstar... Like, Rockstar's always been quite good with the cinematography in their games, like, in all their cutscenes. I think this is, like, their crowning achievement. Just the way that they've done it helps sell the story so well. Yeah, and so many homages to other Western movies. Yes. This game feels a lot less like the brilliant satire they do in GTA 5 and more like more leaning on the homage of Westerns. Like, a lot more respectful in a way. Like, they've always been 
respectful, but a lot more tongue in cheek. Whereas this is kind of like them creating art in respect to all that's come before it in the Western genre and cinema. Like, oh, it's just, it's amazing. That that side of it. The, the touches of, of realism goes a step further in this game than other games as well. Like, here's some examples. You can clean your guns. Yes. You can skin an animal and then put the carcass onto the back of your horse and take it back to camp to give for the provisions of the camp. Yep. Or just the skin. Yeah. You can take anyone's hat and put it on. And wear it. You can make the animals a hat. Your beard and hair grows throughout the game. People will react differently to how you look as a person. Like one stage, I was all like all gruffy and you know all this sort of stuff. People were like, "Oh, look at you!" And later on, I got like a a really trim back hair and like a, a smart smart mustache. People's like you know gave a bit more respect. Like just random people you sort of bump into in the game, which is quite fun. But even down to the realism of walking into the general store, every item you can buy is on the shelf in the store, and you can pick up you know buy the item straight off the shelf. Or for those that prefer like a list style, like in your traditional games, there is a catalog on the table that you can open up, flip through and choose what you want that yeah. way. And even the catalog, it doesn't turn into a menu. He's turning pages and exactly. reading a legit catalog. Yeah, which is fantastic. It just adds that extra layer of like, just that this is like a real sort of place. And every shop you walk into, they'll mention whether you've been there before or not. And I'll say like, oh, yeah. this, this must be your first time or, oh, you again or... Oh, it's been a while. Or if you beat them up or held them up before, they'll still have their injuries where you punch them. Yeah, you go back later and they've got bandages on them. And quite specific as well. I shot a guy on the left shoulder and then I came back ages ago, like ages later, sorry. And that left shoulder still had its bullet wound in it, like hours and hours later. And I was like, wow, that's exactly where I shot you. That is amazing. (laughs) And those animals we're talking about skinning, if you leave their carcasses in the wild, you can come back to them. Like days later, and they'll be rotting, oh, and there'll be vultures yeah. on them. And like the um, the ecosystem of the animals, like so, you kill a deer, you skin it, and then a coyote and some vultures might come and start eating at the corpse. Possums play dead. I think we've mentioned this before, but there's two hundred plus animal species, and of course the fish. Of course, there is the fish. That's right, and the fishing itself. Like I, I go, I bang on about fishing in games, right? He does. Uh, he bangs uh, on and on. <laughs> the crowning glory before this game was Final Fantasy XV. I loved what Final Fantasy XV did with the fishing, the fishing quests they had in that game, just the overall feel of it all. I thought it was really well done. Yep. This has gone... Like, I think it's a little simpler in some ways than the Final Fantasy one, just a touch. Yeah. But I just feel like it's they've nailed it again. Like This is just so bang on for fishing. It is great. There's all these different fish you can catch. You can choose to throw them back or keep them. Then, of course, you can cook them up, give them to camp. There are legendary fish you can hunt, hunt down. There are all different lures for rivers or lakes, swamps, or different types of baits like crickets. Or you can put cheese on your rod if you want. Giggity. That's your thing. All these different things that you can do to catch different types of fish. And it just feels really great to just go out there. You see the fish swimming in the water, throw in the, um, in the rod and catch the fish. Or if you're lazy and you just see fish swimming in the water, you can actually shoot them and just take the fish straight out of the water that way too. Yes. There are options. (laughs) There's also like this other form of uh, realism, just attention to detail, like like the starting of multiculturalism when you go into the bigger towns and it's not just a bunch of Americans and, you know, like how they mix it in and there's Chinese there and there's French there and there's like, you know, African-Americans and it just everyone kind of starting to live together and you really see like 
the start of an era of like all these different people coming to this like new world and making it something cool like it's some of it's really like there's there's stuff that I can't mention but it, a lot of it is just like so accurate so like well done and 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 just lovingly created well i felt it was a great sort of reflection of the country areas compared to the city area of Saint Denis yes when i got to Saint Denis which is this big city area which is uh, a takeoff of what new orleans is like in the real world i felt i didn't really like it there it just felt so different to the rest of the game and i'm like mm no, I'd do my same Denis missions and I'd go straight back out in the wild. That's where I'd yep. like to do all my stuff, try and do all my challenges, things like that. Out in the wild, I didn't like to do it around the city at all. It just wasn't my thing in this game. I think that was a great... And your character reflects this too. He prefers the wilds and the countryside. But just, yeah, just, they just did a great way of going, oh, yeah, the city's okay, but I like to be out in there in the hills. Yeah, and that's not to say that the city is like badly designed. The city no, is like not at all fantastic, it, and it's just so good and so real that it really does make you feel like, oh, this is a bit overwhelming for me. I want to get back out and and see the beautiful sunrises and watch the weather and hunt some animals and be free with my horse. Whereas the city, you they take one wrong step and you've got bounties set on you. It really does. It's like they didn't do any of this by mistake. Like um, Rockstar have made it so even in the gameplay it feels like how Arthur would feel in real life where it's like you're kind of bumbling around and you're pressing wrong buttons and everyone's too close to you and you turn around one second and someone's right there and you hit them and and there's an argument and they're fighting and next minute all the cops are after you and it's like ah oh, like us as a player feel like Arthur would feel in real life where you're just like I just can't go anywhere without causing a ruckus I just want to get out of here I'm going I'm going mm-hmm. this is too annoying and it's like annoying in the game but it's almost like too brilliant for that to be intentional but it nearly feels intentional where you're just like ah oh, why can't I just do things and you slowly have to learn and get used to how it works in the city just like living in real life like in the game just punching everyone and turning taking wrong turns and trying to run down an alley and you tackle someone instead and you're just like ah oh, just get me out of here I want to go back to a waterfall how did you find the combat in this game the hand to hand stuff I was a bit weird with yeah thankfully there's not a lot of it the shooting, I loved. Mm. The shooting, yeah. It's like just, you know, they've gone up and improved again on top of what they did for the first one and also GTA Five. It feels really nice locking on and then like moving your reticle up just a little bit to get a headshot. The dead eye system works really well. Um, at first, it's it's very different from the first one in the way it works. And, and then slowly you level it up and it can do like a lot cooler things. You can start targeting specific areas um, when you go into like your special eagle vision, you can see weak points on animals and people. The, the lasso makes a nice comeback. Yes, the lasso was fantastic. The, that old rope, you swing it around, you catch someone in, you drag them along. Like the old Western style is stoked that they put that back in the game because they didn't really show on any of that in the trailers. And I was like, oh, when I found out it was in the game, I'm like, yeah. Um, yeah, it was uh, it, another thing that was amazing was the ragdoll physics. On the horse and you. You see someone on a horse, you shoot them in a specific area, they'll fall a different way off the horse, their foot might get caught in a stirrup and get dragged along the ground, they might just slump forward on the horse, they might roll off the side of the horse. Just all these different factors fall into this different ways a person can ragdoll. You shoot them on a mountain, they might just slump backwards, they might fall forwards and then fall down several rocks. But it just all looks all so realistic in the way that that you'd expect a person, if they were shot in a certain area and the body would fall or or react to. Just beautiful. Yeah, you, you just feel like being an awful person just to see the engine at work. Except don't be mean to horses. Let's talk about the horses. Because a lot of love has gone into making these beasts in this game. Yes. 
There are there. I think there's over seventeen different types of horses for starters. Yep, yep. And so, they all look and feel different. Yeah, different, different different sizes. Um, yeah, like these horses are your, your companion. You know, you whistle. If your horse is in range, he'll come to you. It's not like the Witcher house just Roach was like a teleporting horse. He could teleport across oceans. Yeah, or Assassin's Creed that we just played. If your horse is out of range, he ain't coming, and you're walking back to that horse, or finding another way out of where you are. Or stealing another horse. Or stealing another horse, that's right. So, and you can bond with your horse throughout the game. The more you use your horse, the more you pat your horse, you can brush your horse, you can feed your horse. The horse bonds with you, so you can whistle to him from further away. He won't get as scared in combat. Just the way he acts with you, he's a lot more friendly with you. It'll be easier to control. You can feed him different foods as well. And he likes treats like apples and sugar cubes. You can give him different saddles and saddlebags and... You can change his mane, so you can have, like, a mohawk mane. That's what I rocked. Nice. And then there's the sad part is if your horse dies... Oh, yeah. He, he's dead. The permadeath, I don't I don't know if I like it because it put too much stress on me. Sometimes they'll shoot the horse straight away, kill your horse, and then off the back of that, I got shot and died. And it goes on the next scene, it, you know, it brings you back to some place in the map. But it auto-saves? And I'm like... My horse is gone. You've just saved it. My horse is gone. So I'd have to reload an older save back to get that horse back. So, yeah, that was a bit, uh, oh, yeah, it was a bit trying at times. Mate, you've got to get good, mate. They're just teaching you to love your horse. You can, one thing you didn't mention is you can actually tell your, when you see trouble, you get straight off your horse and you can tell it to flee. You can, like, hit it on the butt, you know, and just, like, yell at it. I was surprised when I, I tried to press flea. I thought he would just, like, slap it, but he punched it in the head. And I'm like, hey, don't do that. And he's like, get out of here. Whoa. Like, wow. And off it went, and it ran away to safety. So it's like, I mean, it is harsh, but it really is just, I guess, encouraging you to, like, think about your actions and really love the hell out of that horse. But, yeah. So um, we could still talk more and more and more and more and more about how awesome everything is. What, the hunting, you know? how you track an animal, and then you got to shoot a specific part to get a perfect pelt? Yeah, and use a specific weapon, and and they're all a bit different, and different types of ammo. Okay. Okay, right, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of systems that play in this game, a lot. Yes. Or how, like, you walk past a type of leaf, and it moves, and then you walk past a different type of leaf, and it moves differently and reacts, depending on how heavy that leaf is. Or every herb you pick has a different animation to it. Yes, and as well as every type of animal you skin. Wow. And that you put things in your bag. Birds eating snakes. Okay, let's yeah. <laughs> could keep going here. Could keep going. We, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a bridge here to take us from the good to the bad. Okay, because it's not good or bad, and it's how the game is designed to be played and the pace of the whole thing, especially following the last two big open world games that we just came off, which is Spider Man and Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It is definitely a lot more slow paced. Even the combat is a lot slower paced as well. Just getting around. Yeah, so everything, the whole game itself, they they kind of encourage you to just really take it slow. Especially, there's no real fast travel. There is like kind of a fast travel system that comes in, but they don't even show you that for a good 10 hours at least. I want to say more. Yeah. So they really like encourage you. Or, you know, that's my soft way of saying force you to ride on these long journeys with your horse and you can even like some people despise this and some actually really love it but you can change it into cinematic mode and let it ride itself while it shows you these like really cool angles of the world and like huge vistas in a more cinematic way until you get there and you know you're not actually pressing any buttons which is 
similar to what Assassin's Creed did, but this time they actually kind of have cool angles, kind of like watching a replay in a racing game. Yeah. Um, if you want to compare it that way. There is some fast travel. You can use stagecoaches and trains for fast travel. Yes, yep. But there is no, this, this is the kicker for me, there is no fast travel back to your camp. Now, the camp plays such a central role in this game. Everything's at camp. You get a lot of missions from camp. You can eat at camp. You can, um, you know, deposit things at camp. A lot of stuff happens in camp. Yeah, you get a lot of your missions to even start the story stuff. I don't understand why there is no fast travel back to camp. I got stuck up on a mountain after my horse died. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, this is cool. My horse has just fallen down a cliff, right? He's gone. Like, this is why I didn't get back. And I'm like, how do I get out of this? And I'm like, slowly walking around these cliff paths. Eventually I found him, um, like, a dude with a horse and I took his horse and went on from there. But even just like you've done a mission at the other end of the map and you've just completed it, you're like, all right, let's get on to the next story mission. And it's like, oh, the only other story mission I've got is back at camp. Oh, I can't fast travel there. I guess we're walking back in cinematic mode. Cloppity, cloppity, clop. Ten minutes later, you walk into camp. It's it, it, it's a central yeah. point in the game. Like, put restrictions on maybe on it. Like, maybe you, you can't have a bounty or you can't have any law chasing you. Uh, you've got to have your horse with you, maybe at full bonding. And when you get back, your horse is tired. You're tired, so you have to rest. Just add some sort of restriction to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full bonding is a cool idea. But give us the option to do it. That's all. It was just so frustrating getting caught out so far away. And I love the cin- cinematic view and I used it so much throughout this game. But I- I've played well over 70 hours in this game now. Towards the end, I was like, I just want to get back to camp and move on with what I want to do next. Yeah. Rather than trot the same paths in cinematic mode. Because I'd put that on and I'd just read on my phone for a while. I shouldn't be doing that in a game like this. I should be yeah. engaged that whole time looking at screen. I'd... I was reading football news on my phone. Yeah, while you know? playing the most anticipated game of the last five years. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah very yeah, true. Yeah, so add some restrictions to it. I get you don't want everyone just teleporting all over the map. But, like, you know, the other fast travel is good with the with the trains and the, and the stagecoaches. That's good. Gets you from town to town. Yes. But nothing to get you back to camp. And a lot of, well, every time your camp is in the middle of the wilderness. It is, it is worth mentioning there's often a town close-ish. But it's still just enough to be annoying. Yeah. Where you're just like, ah. Um, and some points, like, I can see some good things about, like, getting stuck up at the mountains and ha- just being like, oh, well, crap, what do I do now? My horse is dead. And I like how that creates, you know, it's it's a very rock star thing, how that now creates your own story. And then you are forced to survive and walk back and meet people along the way. And, you know, and, and you're tired and angry, kind of like, really putting you in there but just not when it happens often yeah you just you can only really do that you know once or twice and be like oh it was it was funny and annoying but i had this cool adventure but when you have like five of those adventures you're just like all right i'm ready for fast travel now yeah yeah i i totally get what you mean there another awkward thing that can happen and this happens quite a lot when your horse is on auto run or when you're just running through a town is bumping into people yes or bandits showing up Wolves. Oh, well, I mean, just lit- literally bumping into a civilian and then them pulling a gun on you. And then they're a red dot on your map. You're like, what do I do? And then you shoot them and then the law's after you. Yeah. Like, it, it was just, at times it was just frustrating when you want to get somewhere. And these stupid things keep happening. Or your horse crashes on auto mode. It's like, what are you doing? You're on auto run. Stop it. Yeah. 
That's that's very true. But yeah. And it, I mean, there's a few bad things. Uh, what else was there? You know, trying to remember them. Uh, but they. Oh, I think uh, for, for me, I felt the controls were very clunky. At first, yeah. They were very clunky and awkward. And now you shouldn't have to go, oh, yeah, but you learned the game. I've been playing games for... A thousand years. Almost 30 years now. Yep. I I know how games generally work. I should be able to pick up a control within 30 minutes. I'm flying in this. Even hours in, I was walking onto people and I'd go to talk to them. And the way that the buttons map, I'd pull my gun on them. Giggity. And I'm like, no. Yeah, there was a lot of mistakes that were not your fault. Yeah. And and just the movement of the character was just a bit clunky at times. And you're just trying to get around. It just felt, it just didn't feel slick enough. It feels that it's a beautiful world. And we we spoke of this, but your character could just be so clumsy and awkward trying to do certain things like just getting behind cover in 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 combat was just an annoyance sometimes you'd just be standing there and i'd be hitting the button and he'd be like just standing getting shot at i'm like just get behind the bloody box arthur yeah just little things like this just need to be tightened up just to make it just a bit more smoother and just the button mapping I got, i'm now used to it but at first as i said i'm pulling guns on people i'm punching horses i'm punching people by accident i'm doing so many awkward stupid things i'm shooting people by accident i'm shooting lawmen by accident and it's ruining my experience of the game because i'm getting angry at the controls yep. when i shouldn't really be getting angry it should be a I, I expected more from the controls and the movement of the character in this game and also you, you talk about the slow pacing okay it's kind of cool at first you can only walk in camp again 70 hours in you just want to run from here to there you don't want to have to just casually walk along Allow me to jog or something through camp just a bit quicker. Come on. I, I just want to get over there to my bed and do what i got to do and then get out. Giggity. It, well, I do have a quick tip for you, Callan, um, and other people who are annoyed by similar things. To go a little bit faster in camp, you switch to first-person mode. It works the same also if you're in a building. When you're searching the building and you can only really walk from the cupboard to the room, if you switch to first-person mode, it's actually a lot quicker. For some strange reason, so um, that's ridiculous. That, yeah, yeah, that that is ridiculous. That it has to be a secret, but yeah, that's worth knowing. There's a tip for you guys. I I don't think the wanted system is overly great in this game either. Here's an example. So I'm out in the middle of the wilderness, right? I kill someone. The witness sees me. He tells the law. Okay, the law come for me. I start running, but then from the completely opposite direction come lawman it's like hang on how did you guys find out when he went south but you've come from the friggin north he doesn't have a mobile phone he ain't calling you it's just a bit weird that they should only be coming from generally one direction once you outrun them that should really be it i had like this red circle on my map just follow me everywhere i was going at one stage and i'm like no one can see where i am they don't have helicopters they don't have cb radios all these things that are in like grand theft auto that's how you know the cops chase you in this it's just guys on a horse yeah, that's true. They shouldn't know. They shouldn't be able to come from all these random directions and follow me as long as they are when I'm out of sight range. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they do have to make it a video game in the end of the day. But they've gone for this. Th- th- my argument is they've gone for this utmost realism. They've gone for such realistic things. If you go to pay off your bounty, your bounty's gone in one second. Whereas if you wanted it to be that same realism, it would have to take several months for them to send word that, oh, actually, don't chase this guy. He's actually okay now. So, you know, like, it has to work both ways. If you wanted the other way, they would have had to have made it so, like, all right, 
you got to pay off your bounty, but then you got to lay low for four months just to make sure all the letters get to all the towns. Because you can also pay off like three towns away's bounty from this one. And it's like, well, we got to send all the letters. You got to make sure they know before you go there. Okay. So they have all to right. put in I'll, some video games. I've, I've got one more for you here. All right, hit me. So there's an honor system in this game. If you do good things, your honor meter goes up. If not, if you do bad things, it decreases, right? So yep. mine got quite low into the red, and I decided I wanted to push it all the way out to maximum, like, best honor I could so I could get the achievement. Anyway, I found out I could just raise my honor by throwing fish back in the water. So I could walk into a town, have 10 lawmen sh- chase me. I shoot all those lawmen. I get in lots of trouble. I walk down to the local creek. I catch 50 fish. Throw them back in the water. Everyone loves me again. You think that's bad? If you get bad <laughs> honor from that same lawman and you just sort of walk around the corner and then go the other corner and say hello to them, <laughs> it goes right back up again. You just say hello to a bunch of people. But, but the no same men seeing, that you annoy. People are seeing you say hello to them. I'm throwing fish back in a creek in the middle of nowhere. How do people know I'm doing good? I could just go on the yeah, but Guys, I threw 100 fish back today. Arthur, you're the best guy in the world. We love you, Arthur. But how do they know? That, no one saw it. Callan, that honor is for you as a player. It's <laughs> you know. <laughs> that honor system, okay, is for you to know and only you. It is you bettering yourself as a person. <laughs> uh, okay, we better wrap this up. This is going to go forever. Callan, what score do you give this game? All right, look, uh, I think it was an amazing game. They've done a, a beautifully crafted world. Uh, the story was excellent. The acting was excellent. What lets this game down from me and why it's not a perfect game is the clunkiness of the controls and the character, the no fast travel thing, and just a few annoyances along the way. So for me, I've given it a 9.3 oh, out of nice. 10. Okay. I've smashed a 10 on this game straight up. It's a masterpiece of game design. It is just... I'm going to call you out I, I think it's fantastic. It's not a 10. Yeah, I gave it's it a... It's not a 10. It is for me. Um, so funny thing about these... On Game Train, we get to have two different <laughs> scores because each of us has a different opinion. Um, and I guess mine is so strange. I think I might be the only one on Earth that has given it this 10. Yeah, I'm just saying it's not a perfect game. It's definitely not a perfect game. I know. Game. 10 by no way means it's perfect. It just means it's a fantastic masterpiece of a game. But I don't understand how you can give something a 10. I don't understand how you can give this game a 10 when you have complained about some facets of this game. So, ladies and gentlemen, we haven't agreed on a score, which is why in Game Train, we actually have two separate scores. I think this might be Callan's first time to find this out. I know some of you listeners already know that. But, um, I know I've got two for, separate for Callan, scores. Callan, just letting I you knew, know that there are two... I knew as soon as I pushed start on this game that you're going to give this a 10 because you've been so biased. Just letting you know, Callan, that there are two separate scores in our Game Train. And uh, I guess... You've come clear with saying that you've given it a 9.3, which I completely respect, understand, and Look, it's a great game. Allow. It's not the best game of all time, though. Wonderful, wonderful score you've given it there. And I will actually say on the record that it says here, Cullen has given this game a 9.3. So I'm just going to disagree with your 10. And, oh, um, Game Train listeners, if you disagree with Carl's 10, please write on our Facebook page as well. And tell us why you disagree with Carl's 10. I'd like to know your opinions. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, guys. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed our free thoughts and thinking and the opinion and expressing review. That was Red Dead Redemption 2.
Listen to me. When the time comes, you gotta run and don't look back. This is over. All right. Um, so that brings us to the next part of our episode. We're going to just jump straight in here because we're actually going quite far over time. We're going to jump straight into a bonus episode of Games of Our Lives. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the Games Games of of Our Lives. This is where we talk about our favorite game of every system we've ever owned. Now, I skipped one because we're sort of going on chronological order every episode. And I did skip one because I only owned it for a short period of time. I got it off a friend of my brother's. And he just kind of said, oh, yeah, you can, you can have this. And he just left it there. And then I moved on quickly, and you'll find out why. And that is because the console was the Sega Dreamcast. Um, so, yeah, like, it was short-lived in my house and the world. But at the time, I thought it was fantastic. The first time I ever played one was randomly, it was at the Eka. They had a demo <laughs> one. Yeah, there was a line you could play the future of games, you know, and there was a Dreamcast really? at the Eka. Yeah, and I think they had, um, what was that, the first fighting? I think it was Virtua Fighter. Yeah, Virtua Fighter something, because the original Virtua Fighter yeah. was on the Saturn. Yeah, I think, well, it is, and so it's Seeger, I guess. And I yeah. remember just seeing it going like, what is this? This is like real people. Wow, it's like controlling a movie. And I was blown away, and then like, Years later, yeah, Degs got it, our friend uh, David Fisher, friend of the show. And we w- I went to his place, and we just played Sonic Adventure, and it was just blowing my mind in ways that games can't do anymore. Yeah, so Sonic Adventure just blew me away. Uh, and then I had to do a special shout-out to Crazy Taxi, mm-hmm. which was another game that was also on arcades at the time. And it was just so fun. It was kind of like my sort of first time jumping into an open world game of that style. You just, you pick your favorite driver and they all have crazy cool taxis and you pick up passengers and you have to drop them off at their location as fast as you can. And you're like smashing through the streets and doing like insanely illegal stuff. And it was just really fun and silly. Um, And I also spent a lot of time, strangely enough, playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 on the Dreamcast. What? Yeah. Yeah. Really? It was on Dreamcast. They released it on there. I really loved it. The graphics were like hmm. a huge upgrade from PS1. But yeah, okay. It wasn't the classic. But yeah, I had a lot of fun. That's. I think that might have been the only game that I actually owned. What was your Dreamcast experience? Uh, I never played one. All right. So that's good. No, wait, 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 wait. Let, me, let me talk. Let me talk. So I never got a chance to play one. I never got to play Degs' one. Um, I would have liked to play one, but I never got a chance but I was all—I always wanted to play Sonic Adventure because that looked friggin' awesome. And now there are rumors going around that a Dreamcast collection is coming to the Nintendo Switch. Really? This is only this is only a rumor, oh, but the rumor points that Sonic Adventure could be included. And if so, it will be a day one buy for me because I want to experience that game. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Um I think maybe Crazy Taxi might be another one. So yeah. yeah, it might be it might be a really good pickup for the Switch if it's true. Again, this is a rumor, but we yeah, hopefully. Wow. Hopefully. Oh cool. That was exciting. I'd, because yeah. um I think Sega and Nintendo have a pretty good relationship these days. Yeah, well the Sega Mega Drive collection is coming soon actually. Yeah. And that looks yeah, awesome so, as well. Like just Sonic and all the usual stuff. Yeah. Oh, look, I could see him doing a Dreamcast collection, like... Yeah, for sure. Who knows? And it'd run on there, yeah. no problem. So that's not an issue. Yeah. Nice. Well, 
That was Games of Our Lives. Uh, let's just jump straight into... We've got a few passenger queries. You know, we missed one before. Oh? Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, it is time for the queries now, but we were going to mention one while we were talking about Fallout 76, which I completely oh. forgot about. Uh, and let me just read that now. Someone wrote into our actual uh, email. It's funny, too, because the person's email was... I think his name's... Yeah, Callum Smith. <laughs> is someone just playing games of us now? <laughs> I think so. Okay. It's Callum with an M. M for Mary and not N for Nelly. So Callum Smith. Wait, I think I know who's done this too. Do you? Yeah. I reckon it's friggin' Twan. <laughs> you think so? He's the only one and it's Fallout related and we know he loves Fallout. <laughs> that that very well. Okay, well, to Callum Smith. Oh, he, of course, because he doesn't know how to say your name probably. Do you, what if this whole time he thinks your name is Callum? Yeah, well, his name is Tuan now. Well, I think that's closer to how you actually pronounce it, so joke's on you. Well, Mr. Smith asks Fallout 76 to be or not to be. I'd like to ask what are your thoughts on the upcoming release of Fallout 76? Have you tried the beta and would you play it? Well, scroll back and listen to the start of the show. The end. (laughs) Uh, And to answer the last part, yes, I guess I would play it out of curiosity because I do want to see what else it has to offer. Thank you, Mm -hmm. Tuan Callum Smith. And if... If it's not Tuan. If it's not Tuan, I'm, I apologize. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're, we're pretty sure. Uh, also, you had a bit more queries. Oh, yes. Um, Reef, our passenger questions guru guy, has contacted us again. He's very inquisitive in what he wants to know, this guy. Yes, he is. But it's great. A lot of questions. Uh, pretty much he asks what our favorite game controller ever was and what our least favorite was. Wow, nice. Okay. I think my favorite was the Xbox One Elite. It was heavy. It was... I think that's the greatest controller ever made. It has heaps of problems and uh, it's sort of had like worldwide issues with it being like peeling and parts of the analog stick breaking off. So you're giving it a 10 but people are finding issues with it is what you're saying. Well, as a controller... It is the best I've ever used. But there are issues with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about you? Uh, mine was the uh, Xbox 360 controller. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant controller. It was an amazing controller. And what made it so amazing for me is that that's what made me get an Xbox 360 originally. Yeah. I liked the controller that much that I went, I want one of these consoles. Yep. It was so, the weight of it, the feel of it, it was perfect. It was absolutely amazing. And that's what made me get an Xbox 360. The Xbox controller is still mostly the reason I play my third-party games on Xbox. I just, well, now it's the Xbox One X. But before I had the X, it was purely because of the controller. Like, the PlayStation one's fine, but it just has nothing on the way that Xbox One molds to the shape of your hand. Like, from 360 to the Xbox One to the Elite... And you know what? I have to give special shout out to the Pro Controller on the Switch, though. Okay. That is a beautiful, comfy controller. Granted, I think it gets a lot of its design cues from (laughs) Xbox 360. Uh, So what was your disliked controller then? I think my worst one might be the Nintendo Entertainment System one. Ooh. I think that one feels the absolute worst in your hands. And like for prolonged play. I didn't hate the uh, 64 as much as some people hate it. I think that was very weird and made for an alien, but still very comfy to hold in the trigger position. Yeah. But um, yeah, I reckon my worst controller would 
probably be that one. Yeah, the Nintendo Entertainment System original rectangle with the sharp okay. edges and the like corners and stuff. What about you? Okay, well, this is actually the opposite to my Xbox 360 one. So I originally had a PlayStation 3 before the Xbox 360. I hated the control. I did not like it. It was too light. It had no rumble in it. It it was a oh my god, you're right. It was a step back yeah. from what the PlayStation Two controller was. I loved the PlayStation Two controller as well. Absolutely loved it. Probably my, maybe my second favorite controller, apart from the 360 one. Yeah. And, wow, you're so right. And when I got the PlayStation Three, I just did not like this controller. It, it's what turned me off the console and what made me switch over to um Xbox. Wow. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a great one for this question because yeah, yeah, yeah. I cause completely... and effect right there. Yeah. Brilliant, and I, I completely agree with that one. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, the, um, I love their new one now, the DualShock Four. That's awesome. That's yeah. great. They got it right again. But yeah, for uh, for that gen, ooh. I love that they backtracked and said like, "Oh, we don't need Rumble because that's not the future of gaming, and gamers don't need it anymore." We've added a cooler, better thing called Six Access, and then like half the generation later, they're like, "Ta-da! We added Rumble!" Because everyone was just like, "Nah, man." Get that rumble back in there. Yeah. Games just felt like unsatisfying to play, hey? Very, very, yeah. I remember that. Mm. Ah, nice. All right, that was a good question. Thank you, Reef. Uh, anyone else who wants to ask us anything, yep, you know, send it straight to our website, gametrainpodcast.com, or reach out on Facebook, facebook.com slash gametrainpodcast, um, or jump right onto our Instagram, which is gametrainpodcast. You can also catch us on Twitter, which is gametraintalk, mm-hmm. if, you, if you must. But yeah, thanks uh, for those questions, Tuan and Reef and Callum Smith. Um, that's our episode, guys. We uh, we got there. It was a it was a big one. Thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, we're gonna jump straight into it. We have to end this episode, like every episode, with our trains, our lame train, our love train, and our hype train. So first, let's jump into the lame train. All right. Callum, what's your lame train? Well, Smith, um, <laughs> yeah, look, I got the, what you'd call the Pax Plague or the Pla- uh, the Pax Pox or the Concoff, all those little fun words. I got quite sick after Pax this year. Oh, damn. Still recovering from it. Yeah. Yeah. Came down with a really been. bad cold and Which is also and, why we're a bit late with this episode. Yeah, I've been. I haven't been able to talk like this lots and without coughing and spluttering every two seconds. So this is one of the first days that I've actually been able to feel quite well again. But yeah, I've been getting over that. It has not been fun. So that's my lame train this week. Damn, that is fair enough. Um, my lame train is a strange one, and it's from Red Dead Redemption Two. It's your score. It's soft completion lists. I- <laughs> I don't like them. I don't like them. They they're soft. They're like this current 2018 generation of gamers that are just like I don't know, there's something millennial about it and getting whatever you want at whatever, you know, like no, you don't get to say you've finished the game 100% if you've only done, you know, 3 of the 10 different things you can do with a certain thing or you've only collected like or let's just say you only need 3 of the treasure maps when there's 10 of them it's like no you got to get 10 if you want 100 percent this you got to get 10 oh you only have to talk to 10 strangers like 
No, you got to talk to all of them. That's what 100% means. That's what 100% is. If it's not, call it the like... What's that? What's that? You killed five legendary animals. There are 15 in the game. Yeah, and I just don't <laughs> like... They're like, cool, that counts. 100%, well done. I'm like, no, I don't want your 100%. I want to say, uh, once you get it, then what? You just sit there and go like, yeah, I'm done. There's other stuff in there, but, you know, I've 100%ed it, sort of. So that's my lame train. I, please don't do that. Stop that. Don't make that a thing. Don't make that a thing. We don't, if, you know, I can tell they're trying to make it, you know, let's include all the younger players or people who don't play games much. Those people don't get to finish it 100%. They still can play a fantastic, wonderful game and have the adventure. If they can't finish it, then they just don't. Move to a different game and say, I didn't 100% it. Miss me with that soft completion list. Okay, that's my lame train. Sorry. But let's move on to brighter, happier things, such as the love train. All right, Callan, hit me with your love train. Uh, yeah, so Australia now has its own video game awards, so that's cool. That's what I like. You know, it's just a bit more recognition for the video game industry here. Cool. What'd you say? Not your score. No, your score's not my love train at all. No, it's Australia has its own game awards wow. now. Callan really likes talking about scoring. It's like we're in high school again. Um, my love train is that YouTube is now on the Nintendo Switch, which gets me really excited for possibly more applications like Netflix. I know it's a gaming console, but taking that thing on tour is really fun. And having YouTube is going to really help just to have more things to do while on the road. Um, by on the road, I mean staying at different hotels and stuff. I'm very much aware that I won't be able to watch YouTube on the actual road. But uh, yeah, I'm very excited about that. So yeah, and then Hype Train. Callan? Okay, mine. Here's some words for you. I'll see if you can figure it out. All right, hit me. Okay, anticipated. Is it CD Projekt Red's new no. game? No. Okay, keep going. Anticipated. Nintendo Switch fans love. Oh, okay. Pokemon. No, Smash Brothers Ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> Smash. Oh. I've got. I've, I'm hyped for Smash Brothers now. After the late last Nintendo Direct, it's just around the corner now. Um. Ken's in the game. I, I love Ken as a Street Fighter character, so I was like, "Yeah." Um, yep, I don't know. I'm just, enough. I'm just excited for the game now. I, it's, I'm ready for this. Um, I've done my open worlds for the year. I feel now, you know, I've done Spider Man, Assassin's Creed. There's still Red Fallout Dead. to go, buddy. <laughs> I know that, I know, but I do that with friends. It's a bit different experience. Like, I'm. That's true. I guess with Smash Brothers, is a different sort of game that I haven't really been type of game I've been playing. Looking forward to, to just that great palette cleanser at the end of the year after everything's being done yeah good call that'll be a fun one yeah um i had my hype train written here for weeks to be tetris effect but that's already come out and i've already played it and loved it <laughs> uh, so my hype train is going to actually bounce back in the face of what you said earlier to me today was your fake love train which is me not being able to hype train for red dead redemption 2 anymore my hype train is red dead online yes <laughs> <laughs> damn it damn i it. can't wait to try that damn now it. being in the world um in red dead redemption 2 we also forgot to mention in the um in the review that it was actually we've had some wonderful multiplayer experiences on yep. red dead redemption 2 which it's not a multiplayer game uh we've made some people confused and angry when we told them we had a great time playing multiplayer and they're like but you can't it's not multiplayer it doesn't count uh well 
It does, because we've been playing with, uh, you know, a bunch of friends, Melvick and Chad, my brothers, Mitch, Matt, just jumping on there and all trying to figure out, and this is all just for one thing, and it's the treasure maps. <laughs> yes. And I've just had <laughs> such a ball. We just And all basic- of us have had, like, input which has gotten us there as well. Yes, everyone has, like, yeah, helped a little bit. We all, you pull out this map, in Red Dead Redemption 2, very much like the treasure maps in the first game and in Skyrim, they're just a picture of something. There's no marker as to where on the map it is. It'll just be like a tree and a rock or a waterfall and an arrow. And you're like, that means absolutely nothing. And someone's like, you know what? That kind of looks like somewhere I've been. And then we'll go and check. And it's like, nah, it's not there. And it's like, wait, actually. And everyone's input. And we're all like, Okay, I'm standing at the spot. Are you standing at the spot? Yes, I am. Okay, now face east. And we're all facing east in the exact same spot. If that's not multiplayer, then I don't know, you know? I had so much fun. Like, we'd like yell and cheer. We're like, maybe this is the spot. Oh my God, you can search. We found it. This is it. We were like discovering caves and falling to our deaths. And uh, I love the, the snake one, you know, that, that, oh, that yeah. serpent one. And everyone's like, we've not seen this in the game. And I just jumped into the chat. You go, I don't know how long you guys have been talking for. A long time. Uh, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I found that last night. What? And then everyone just ran from wherever they were on the map. Yeah, to we, like cancelled all our <laughs> missions and gaming, hunting <laughs> challenges. And we're just like galloping for this one spot. And each person that came up to it, you could hear them go like, oh, yeah, no, that's definitely it. Oh yeah, that's that's the one. We were checking rivers, we were checking winding roads, like everything. And we went through like all corners of the map. And even failing was fun because we're all doing it together. We're like racing each other to the spot. So having said that, I can only imagine how fun Red Dead Online actually with your friends will be. Yeah. Because this was like, it was just such a wonderful multiplayer experience. And I kind of forgot to mention that in the review and I wish I had because... It's a funny thing that no one really expects that this game is actually really or fun to play with friends. You might have even been able to turn it to an 11 on, over your 10. Oh, yeah. Have, didn't I give it an 11? I might change no. it to an 11. Uh, well, that's my hype train. And that is our episode. Uh, Callan, do you have anything to add? Uh, um, yeah, why don't you like fun? Well, I like it too much, apparently. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. And thank you for making it all the way to episode 50 with us. If you're new here, hello and welcome. If you're old school, you are awesome. If you've been here since episode one, we owe you a drink. Thank you very much, guys. I'm Carl Smith. I'm Callan Davison. And this has been Game Train. Wake him up a little!